where do the Red Sox go from here? The question still remains about what the Boston Red Sox do at the trade deadline and what moves they make following a series loss over the weekend to the San Francisco Giants. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Red Sox, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling Podcast, here to bring you the latest in all things Boston Red Sox, Monday through Friday. Thanks for making Locked On Red Sox your first listen of every day. Despite the fact that the Red Sox just dropped a frustrating series in San Francisco against the Giants. So on today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down my takeaways from that series, who's performing, who's not performing, what I expect to happen in terms of roster moves. And then I'm going to go into a little bit of a deeper pitching analysis. What pitchers are still going to be here after the trade deadline? What pitchers may get moved around? And who's contributing the most and the most trustworthy from a pitching standpoint? So I'm going to be diving into all of that, as well as giving an update on injuries, because there are some players lurking that are coming back soon that could mean very, very good news for the Red Sox. So happy Monday. Hope you're off to a great start to the week. Unfortunately, the Red Sox made that a little bit difficult as they struggled to win the series in San Francisco. They really couldn't get the bats going for a lot of that series. It was overall frustrating to watch as the Red Sox pitching really, really did their job as best as they could. But the hitting did not match up with that. And ultimately, the Red Sox did drop two out of the three games in San Francisco. You know, there's some good things that can be taken away from the series and some things that aren't great. One of the immediate things that pops into my head about what happened in this series was on Saturday night when Jansen was brought into the game in a non-safe situation when the game was tied and as a result throws one pitch and gives up a walk-off home run. In my head, I always ask why Cora plays Jansen in non-safe situations. I think Chris Martin is the perfect guy for those types of situations when you're in a pinch or a pressure situation and you need somebody to get you out of a jam. Chris Martin is the go-to, and in this case, it was a pressure situation. You wanted to keep the game tied so that your offense could have a chance to go ahead in extra innings. And what was frustrating to me was that we've seen this happen before with Jansen, where he's been used in situations where it's a non-safe situation and it does backfire sometimes on the Red Sox. And Chris Martin has continued to establish himself, in my opinion, as the most trustworthy reliever. I mean, for an example, even on Sunday, he was clutch. He came into the game in the 10th inning and pitched around a jam. The Red Sox issued two intentional walks in the inning, really leaving absolutely zero room for error. And he came in and he still got the job done. And I even said, out of all the pitchers in the Red Sox bullpen, Chris Martin is the only one I would want to see on the mound right now in this type of situation. And as a result, you know, it paid off for the Red Sox because – 
he got out of the jam and then obviously, you know, they ultimately ended up losing the game. But in that 10th inning, he was the guy to go to and he proved that he should be the go-to in those situations. So Kenley Jansen being brought in on Saturday night when it was a tie game still did not make sense to me. I think you use Chris Martin in those types of situations. So that was one thing that I took away from that series that was frustrating. One thing that is positive that I took away was the fact that Justin Turner just absolutely continues to be Mr. Clutch, despite the fact that the offense overall was dead for the entire series. Justin stepped up and hit the go-ahead two-run homer on Sunday, which obviously the Red Sox ended up losing the game, but still clutch moment for him and also hit a game-tying infield single in the ninth inning on Saturday. So he continues to be that guy on offense that if you need somebody to come up to the plate and get a big hit, JT is who I want at the plate. There have been several teams who have inquired about acquiring Justin Turner at this trade deadline, and the Red Sox have come out and said he's not movable, which is very, very good news for the Red Sox because – They need Justin Turner. They need him for his leadership. They need him for his veteran presence. And just at the plate, the fact that he is that guy that you can really, really trust when you need somebody to come up big in a variety of different situations. I'm going to Justin Turner and I'm saying, hey, you know, he's the guy that I trust the most at the plate when you have traffic on the bases that can drive in some runs. He's proven that multiple times this season, so I'm glad they're not moving him. Christian Arroyo still is not cutting it offensively. He's seriously been struggling. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate because I had high hopes for Arroyo. I think he's had his moments where he's played very, very well, but he still couldn't, you know, really make an impact in the series. On Saturday, he went 0 for 3, and Sunday, 1 for 3. On the season, he has a 245 average and 273 on base percentage with three home runs and 46 hits. He's driven in 22 runs and has a stolen base, but he just really isn't cutting it at this point. I think he gets DFA'd. You can't really trade him at the deadline, unfortunately, because he just doesn't have much value at this point. But I don't really see a spot for him anymore, and I think he gets DFA'd when Story comes back um, because, you know, it just doesn't make sense to trade him. I don't think there's really a good deal that they could get for him at this point. So I'm DFAing Arroyo. I think that's the way to go. I think it just makes the most sense at this point. Another player who really, really has been struggling as of late and it's been a disappointment is Alex Verdugo. He went one through four on Sunday, got a hit on Saturday. You kind of hope that maybe he's breaking out of his slump, possibly, but he's been unbearable to watch as of late. I'm not sure what happened with him, but it really feels like some of the wheels fell off the bus. And with the first half of the season he had, I really had high hopes for him in the second half, but he is not panning out to match up with what he did in the first half. And that's definitely disappointing. He could potentially be tradable. I mean, with the way that Duvall's been contributing offensively and the difference that Duvall's making, I do think at this point it could be possible that maybe the Red Sox look to trade Verdugo instead of Duvall. Even though Verdugo's in a slump at this moment, I still think his trade value could be very high just because of the fact that he's still on the younger side. He has really good defense, and his bat was really good for the first half of the season. So 
I am still seeing it as a slump. I think his offense does improve, but whether that's here or somebody somewhere else is still to be seen. I think it's possible that he gets moved instead of Adam Duvall, who's hitting 261 on the season with a 329 on base percentage, 40 hits, nine home runs, and 29 RBIs. And he also has four stolen bases to go along with that. I've been waiting for Verdugo to break out of his slump, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. You know, Verdugo just is really underperforming and it's disappointing. Duvall was meant to be a rental when he got here, but maybe they end up seeing Duvall now as a more important piece to a potential playoff run as Verdugo. So I think there's a possibility they both stay, but it could be interesting to see what happens over these next couple of days until the trade deadline on Tuesday and see if Verdugo potentially gets moved because it could be interesting for the Red Sox to think about. Casas and Duran are still hitting. Casas went one for three and Duran one for two on Sunday. They both came in later in the game. Um, They weren't originally in the starting lineup, but they both replaced people as the game went on. And those two just continue to be exciting to watch. So that's definitely a lot of fun for the Red Sox and a good sign that their younger players are starting to pan out. So I've really enjoyed that. I've enjoyed watching the two of them play, and I only expect them to continue to improve. Coming up, I'm going to be giving a pitching analysis about just pitchers currently on the team, where they're at, who we could see potentially be moved at the trade deadline, and who might stay. So that's all coming up. We all love sports betting, don't we? I know I do. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Definitely go on to FanDuel and use that code locked on to get that $200 on bonus bets. It could really, really help you out, especially if you're a beginner when it comes to betting on MLB. You can have a lot of fun with it. So definitely check out FanDuel. It's the best home for sports betting. So the Red Sox have had a lot of pitchers who have cycled through this season. Some have gotten injured. Some have been pitching pretty consistently. I've already said I've been very, very high on Chris Martin all season. He's been a huge asset to the bullpen. The Red Sox did receive some unfortunate news on Jolly Rodriguez. He is going back to the IL with a hip injury. Cora does say it's not that serious, maybe a minimum of 15 days. But it's definitely a disappointment because he was starting to look good prior to going back on the injured list. Um, You know, I wonder if it's time to just part ways with the guy because he can't really seem to stay healthy. It just seems to be one thing after another. And I'm starting to wonder, is that really worth it for the Red Sox? You know, at this point, it might be time to possibly explore other options and part ways with the guy. You know, obviously, I think his sample size was too small in terms of when he actually got to pitch. I really liked a lot of what I was starting to see from him prior to him getting injured again. But 
it is disappointing that he doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy because the Red Sox really can't afford to get many more pitching injuries with their current situation with the pitching staff. So I really hope that he can get healthy soon and get back because I do like what I've seen from him. But I think after this season, it's something to think about whether they want to, um, you know, commit to him again or move on from him because he's definitely been a bit of a, of a frustration when it comes to the injuries. So it's, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Um, Pavetta is scheduled to start tonight. I like that move. I mean, obviously, you know, he hasn't been very good as a starter, so one can only hope, but this is where we are at with this Red Sox team right now with the injuries and the Red Sox still not having acquired a pitcher. This is exactly why I've been saying for weeks now, please acquire a starting pitcher at the trade deadline because Pavetta is so much better out of the bullpen. And now with the Rodriguez injury, they really, really could use another arm in there. And I'm inclined to think that they will get one over the next 48 hours. But I've just been so, so just adamant about them acquiring another pitcher because this is definitely getting a bit frustrating. And the more that somebody gets injured, the worse of a situation the Red Sox will be in in terms of having to overwork the bullpen. So please get another pitcher. Hopefully Pavetta does fine starting um, or maybe they will bring in an opener for him. Um, and that opener could be Joe Jakes. Um, so he was sent back down to AAA to make room for the newly acquired Joe Vera that the Red Sox actually acquired from the Giants and made his Red Sox debut against the Giants this weekend. So that was pretty ironic. But to make room for him, they moved lefty Joe Jakes down. But now that Rodriguez is injured again, Jakes probably is going to have to come back up at least until they acquire another pitcher. And that's fine. I don't have a huge problem with Joe Jakes. I mean, he wasn't as good as the other left-handed pitchers in the bullpen. But he was pitching decently, so I wonder if maybe tonight he um, opens for Pavetta. I, I don't know that they'll do that, but it could work because Pavetta seems to be better when he's not the first guy out there and he's pitching out of the bullpen. So I'd like to see that happen. So maybe Jakes does come and open for him. Um, well, So we'll see how that works. But another pitcher that I really, really have liked is Chris Murphy. He shined again in long relief on Sunday. He went 3.1 innings and gave up four hits and one unearned run and had a strikeout. And he also looked good against the Mets in longer relief last Sunday, too. So he could be a really good depth piece for the Red Sox moving forward. I like the fact that he's able to pitch a few innings because in a bullpen, especially one like the Red Sox, where they do have some injuries and they're throwing people around, you do need to have a pitcher who's reliable, who can pitch more than two innings. And Murphy's really, really shaping out to be a pitcher that seems – like he could step into that role because when he's pitched in his last couple outings, he's looked very, very good in like a three or four inning relief type of situation. Um, so I hope they continue to keep him in that role because the more that he's able to work in those types of innings and get the reps, the better off they'll be with him later on. Um, so I really, really hope that he's able to continue to work and be in that type of situation where he's pitching more innings because they do need that from him. They need somebody to be in that role. So I've been really, really impressed with what I've seen from him. So he was another pitcher to me that stood out in the series against the Giants, despite the fact that the Red Sox did fall in the series and it was frustrating overall. Um, Cutter Crawford started the game on Friday night. 
he's really, really starting to show improvement from a longevity standpoint. I had expressed concerns about him being able to pitch deep into games. And I said that was something he needed to work on. But he really is starting to show that he can pitch deeper into games and is really building that up. Um, He pitched 5.2 innings on Friday and gave up three hits and one earned run with one walk and seven strikeouts. He has a 386 earned run average currently. And my main issue with Crawford was the fact that sometimes he really didn't have his command. So he was walking a lot of hitters and it was bumping up his pitch count to the point where he couldn't really go that deep into games. So I really like the improvement that we've seen from him. I think he still has a ways to go in terms of being a reliable, consistent starter in the Red Sox rotation. But as of late, he has been able to provide more innings, which is huge for this team because there are some pitchers currently that do have a longevity problem still. So if they can get him to the point where he's going six or seven innings consistently, then he really can be a reliable starter for this team. So I'd like to see it switch from averaging four to five innings to averaging six to seven innings down the road. Because if we can get that Cutter Crawford consistently, then he could seriously be a consistent four or five starter in this rotation. And I like the fact that he's been put in a situation where he's had to get so many reps in the rotation this year because of all the injuries and the Red Sox being in a situation where they're low on pitching right now and the bullpen needs to pitch more than they're typically used to. Um, So I really like the fact that, you know, he's been in a situation where he's had to get more reps in the rotation to help out. Um, And I think that that's great because I think they really can turn him into a solid starter because he has really good stuff. It's just a matter of knowing the right combinations of when to use things and kind of have more control when he's on the mound um, to be able to work through challenges and pitch deeper into the games. Once he can do that, and I think that comes with time, then I could look at him as a consistent, reliable starter. I'm not saying he's a bad starter overall. I like what we've seen from him. I think he's totally capable of being a reliable arm in this rotation, but I think he just needs some more time to really develop um, and improve on his pitches, gain confidence in his best pitches, and be able to provide some longevity. And then I think going forward in the future, they'll be in good shape with him. Coming up, I'm going to be giving some injury updates. The Red Sox do have some players returning in the next week or so that could really, really serve the Red Sox well. A lot of things I've seen on Twitter are saying the Red Sox biggest trade deadline acquisition is going to be their injured players coming back. I think that stands to hold truth. I think these players are going to come back and make an impact. So I'm going to be going over um, some injury updates and timelines for those players who are expected to come back. Don't forget to check out, especially in the next couple days as we near the trade deadline on Tuesday, don't forget to check out Locked on MLB. They'll be analyzing all the trades that are made, all the moves that are made at the trade deadline in terms of who's going where, what teams are getting fleeced, what teams are winning the trade deadline, and who's in the best spot to succeed after the deadline. Heim Bloom and the Red Sox are always late bloomers when it comes to their deadline acquisitions. As we know, um, he's a big, you know, day of the deadline guy. I expect to hear about a lot of the Red Sox moves between today and tomorrow. Um, So brace yourselves. I think there's moves coming. But Locked on MLB has you covered with analyzing all of those moves. And Locked on MLB prospects, if a team is gaining prospects in the deal, 
the Lockdown MLB Prospects show has you covered with knowing what a team is losing in those prospects and what the other team is gaining. So definitely check out those two podcasts and follow Locked on Red Sox on Twitter at LO underscore Red Sox. Follow me, Gabby, on, Locked, on Twitter at Gabby Hurlba 10 and check out Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform for free with new Boston Red Sox content Monday through Friday. I have you covered, I promise. So the Red Sox are in a position now where they're playing overall good baseball despite this past series that was incredibly frustrating in so many ways with the offense just being non-existent pretty much for the whole series. And you can look at certain things, management decisions that I went over and pitchers not really fully doing their job. But overall, the pitching did carry their weight as much as they could and the offense just was not hitting. So that was frustrating you can say what you want about that series, but overall the Red Sox have been playing pretty good baseball and treading water and keeping themselves in the wild card race when they're not fully healthy. And the good news is they are starting to get healthy and they're going to get their guys back. And I cannot wait to see this team's potential when they have their guys back. Reese McGuire is expected to return in this upcoming series in Seattle. He left the team over five weeks ago, actually in the middle of an at-bat versus the Twins with a right oblique injury, which was definitely very unfortunate because the Red Sox really do lack the catching depth. Connor Wong, huge, huge credit to him. He's been overworked and played so many games lately. He's played in 28 of 31 games for the Red Sox since Reese went down. So he really, really deserves a break, which will, which he very much will get when Reese comes back. I expect Reese to be activated during one of these games in Seattle. Um, so I give Wong a ton of credit. He hasn't complained at all. He's gone out there. He's done the job. And he's really, really developed and shown a lot of improvement over these games, these last couple months when he's had to play almost every night at catcher and he really isn't skipping a beat and offensively he's improved so I think this has been huge this little stretch for Connor Wong's development of being able to play more um he deserves the rest and he'll get the rest but he's really pulled a lot of the weight from a catching standpoint he deserves so much credit for that and his hitting has gotten a lot better so from a growth standpoint I think this was really really good for him this also means Jorge Alfaro likely will be dismissed. I mean, he just could not do anything at all at the plate. It was very, very frustrating to watch knowing Alfaro would step up to the plate and it would be a strikeout or a weak ground ball every time he was up there. I'm not the biggest Reese McGuire fan. I never really have been, but he definitely is better than Alfaro and he definitely would be able to share the workload with Wong more equally again, like he was doing prior to his injury. So for, for the Red Sox, it's going to be much better having McGuire back because Alfaro just needs to go. He cannot do anything of substance for this team. And I feel badly because he's gotten chances and he's tried with other teams and it just really isn't working out. So the Red Sox gave him another chance, didn't work out. So time to part ways. So It'll be huge for the Red Sox having Reese back. He will be back for this series that starts tonight against the Mariners. Trevor Story expected to be back versus the Blue Jays in the Red Sox upcoming weekend series when they return home. I am so very excited. I've missed Trevor Story. I think he's going to make a huge, huge impact offensively for this team and defensively. Obviously, we know he's fantastic in the infield. 
Um, I think this likely means the end of Christian Arroyo. Like I said earlier on in the show, there's not really a place for Arroyo anymore. He's been struggling offensively and his defense is, has been decent, but it's not as good as Chang or Trevor Story. So I think likely the Red Sox end up DFAing um, Arroyo when Story comes back this weekend. This is huge news for the Red Sox. He's obviously missed the whole season so far. It was heartbreaking that he had to get surgery, but his arm is expected to be a lot better. And prior to the injury in this past offseason, I was questioning whether Trevor Story's arm was okay to play shortstop still. But now that he got surgery on that arm, I think it's going to be better than ever, which kind of fixes the problem. And he should be able to be reliable at shortstop. But he also can play second base. So they can platoon, you know, him and Pablo Reyes at second base. And now Justin Turner, who's been playing second base too. So with Story coming back, it doesn't really make much sense to have Arroyo here anymore. I think they end up DFAing him at the end of the week as the corresponding roster move. When Story comes back, you never know. The Red Sox might see more in him than I see, but that to me makes the most sense based on what we've seen from these middle infielders. I think Arroyo is the one I expect to be on the chopping block when Story comes back. Then we have the pitchers who we've been waiting for for a while. Chris Sale, Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock. Chris Sale is making a rehab start on Tuesday. He'll pitch three innings for AAA Worcester, and then they do expect him to make a second rehab start next Sunday. Alex Cora was saying he'll need at least two rehab assignments, and then he'll be reevaluated after that to know whether he can come back. But either way, his return is soon. Um, when he comes back to the Red Sox, I expect him to start out in an opener role before resuming full um, starting pitching responsibilities. And I think that makes sense if you want to ease him back in and not rush him back. Have him come back as an opener in one of these bullpen games, and he could pitch a couple innings maybe, and that could be a good way to start the Red Sox off in a game and have him ease back into it and work him back into the rotation. So either way, he's coming back soon. If his rehab starts go well, he'll be back sooner rather than later, and that's obviously great news for the Red Sox. Um, you know, it was unfortunate with him. He suffered a stress fracture in the scalpula of the shoulder blade on his pitching arm and his recovery has taken not as long as people thought it would. So that's a good sign. Um, so hopefully they can get him back, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Tanner Houck, who obviously took a ball hard to the face, which was very scary to watch. And also Garrett Whitlock, who has an elbow injury, both through bullpen sessions over the last two days. Whitlock actually threw 35 to 40 pitches on Saturday. So that was really good. Both of those guys, if everything continues to progress, they'll both be facing live hitters soon, which would be huge. I do know that um, Houck is a few days ahead of Whitlock right now, but either way, the decision on what their roles will be when they come back is still to be determined. Alice Cora said the decision will be made after Tuesday's trade deadline, which absolutely makes sense because if the Red Sox make a move for pitching, the rotation could look a lot different, which could affect what they see those guys' impact being when they come back. Both of them has been have been exclu used exclusively as starters this season. Um, 
I like them both, you know, in the pen. I've always been a fan of Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen. Tanner Houck, I think, could go either way, but he's still working his longevity in terms of pitching deep into games. I think that's starting to improve. Um, so I think he absolutely has the capability to be a starter, too. Um, what's good about these two is they both have had experience in the bullpen and starting. So whatever the Red Sox do decide to do with them, Either way, it could work out for the Red Sox. Um, I think, you know, it's all going to depend on, like I said, the trade deadline and what the rotation looks like after the deadline, because if their rotation is kind of stacked and they feel like they could be better off as relievers and they'll put them there. I think, you know, they seemed pretty set when the season started on having Whitlock start, but that could very much change because obviously they need some pitching help. And I do think they get it before Tuesday's deadline, but what that means for Garrett Whitlock is still to be determined. So these two guys coming back would also be huge for the Red Sox pitching staff, whether they come back in the rotation or in the bullpen, they will help benefit the Red Sox in a positive way. Um, So they're still a little bit further out than Chris Sale but they will be returning. And if the Red Sox are making a playoff run, they should be back in time to help make that playoff push. So it's all very exciting. Definitely things moving in the right direction. I think a couple players, particularly Alfaro and Arroyo, will not be on the active Red Sox roster by the end of this week. But you never know. Pine Bloom could go a different direction and see somebody else as a player that could be on the chopping block. But I think that's the most likely scenario. Hopefully the Red Sox bounce back here in Seattle and can gain some momentum going back home because that series coming up against Toronto is going to be absolutely huge if they want to gain some traction in the wild card race. So that's going to be a big series. So let's try to turn things around here, get the offense back on track because they were very much just asleep in the series against San Francisco, get the offense back on track and win this series against the Mariners and just continue to pluck away and win series because they're right in this race. And let's just get a piece or two now at the deadline to really help solidify that run. So don't give up. Let's go Red Sox. As always, they are so close. So let's just continue to keep the faith and see what happens. Catch you all on the flip side. Let's go Sox.